Doryworth, oh, get your loved ones the gift that money truly can't buy. Well, good news is money can buy it, but it should be considered priceless because it is. What would be better than having a keepsake book of all the stories and memories from loved ones like your grandparents or your parents? One of my favorite pastimes as a kid is hearing stories from my aunts and uncles talking about their childhood. And, and the excitement of being an adult is to connect with our parents in different ways. And sometimes it's hard for parents to want to be able to share those things. And they can do it through StoryWorth because they offer great prompts. Every week, StoryWorth emails your loved ones a thought-provoking question of your choice. If you're looking for a gift that uh, is unique and special and something worth a lot more than what you spent, go to StoryWorth. Get to know your loved ones better and preserve those special moments forever with StoryWorth right now. For a limited time, you can save $10 off your first purchase. StoryWorth.com slash V-I-A-L-L. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another special episode of The Vile Files. Ask Nis, Nicks, Nis. Ask Nis, Nis. I was emphasizing the ask, then yeah. I mumbled the Nick. The Ask Nick edition, Allie and Amanda are with me. How you ladies doing? What's good, everybody? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bopping. I'm well rested. Whose head do you think if we all got access to would be the most interesting to be in, yours, Allie's, or mine? I feel like this question is who's a narcissist? <laughs> because if you, like, who do you think, because if you say yourself, you're like, I'm just more interesting than everyone else. Well, you, know? you can't say yourself. But you know, yeah, but I'm saying so, like, if so, I okay. got access to your thoughts and your thoughts, or if you got access into Allie's, I guess it's... I don't think anyone, anyone would be able to follow in my brain. <laughs> See, I, I'd feel that way about Nick's. I think I, I would, would understand be, your range. I, I would, think we have similar uh, levels I, of like, uh, yeah, I'm really curious about Allie's. I would be banging trying to get out of Nick's. I, I imagine like if our brain is like workers in an office building, I feel like mine is like some unhinged we work that has like a circus center in the background. And Allie's is like the wing, like it's polished. People are in blazers. They're typing furiously. Sometimes they get a little stressed and they're typing really fast. But in general, like they're sitting in rows, like they have their shit together. <laughs> Wow, that's a compliment. But then happy hour happens. But then ha <laughs> <laughs> that is so true, Nick. <laughs> that is tequila time. <laughs> Woo. Uh, what do you think is in what was your brain office like? Just a ton of open cabinets. Yeah, chaos. Yeah. Organized chaos. And a huge screen. With there's the that's playing the that there, has like the there's an it. office of a lot of people. Like if you've worked there for a while, you absolutely know what's going on. But like it's a tough new job for anyone. There's just a hole in the center. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like if you worked there, you're just like, oh, just don't step in the hole. Yeah. No, it's like it's like <laughs> yeah. the um those those uh just... water slides at like Kalahari, those like toilet bowl ones where you like go flying. Yeah, you're a Wisconsin boy. Come on, I know exactly what you're talking Thank you. about. I see. I just heard you. You said toilet in boss's brain, and I was like, I heard, "That's bold." Yeah. Well, this is a special episode because my book comes out next week uh, on October 4th. I wrote this book for this audience. Obviously, I hope it expands past that. But we sent out some advanced copies for the people who wrote in and asked them to read it to give us their reviews. I mean, the truth is, like, I think this book's decent. I think it's pretty good. I think there's a lot of 
books that are written from people of The Bachelor that are different than, than what mine is. Well, I'm not saying one's better or worse, but I do think mine's different. And so I was just hoping to have people have a chance to get some honest feedback from people. I have some really f- interesting stories or, uh, of, of situations that happened to them. Oh, my God. <laughs> These are some of my favorite stories I think we've ever had. They were good. It was. I mean, I feel bad for it. Yes. But we uh, we gave them the book. They gave us some thoughts in the book. Would you say I feel like you writing this book is like the most vulnerable thing you've done in sure the last few years? Yeah, there was definitely while writing it. There was many moments where I thought I'll just give the money they already paid me back. (laughs) <laughs> and, and let's just call it a day <laughs> you know like they pay you first up front when you sign it and then when the book's done they pay you and then when it's done they pay you again Nick is like how do we feel about just like an essay short little that, chapter and so there's definitely a couple of those moments where i'm like you know what i'll just can i just give what you gave me back and then i got the first draft done i felt much better about that but it felt incomplete and then after that i felt it was good because i wrote a book for anyone else out there who's like ever thought of writing a book, I wrote this book. I actually wrote it. Now, I had a lot of help from my editor, and but like, if I can write it, you can write a book. <laughs> <laughs> thought you were going to say, you can read it. <laughs> no, well, sure. But like anything is possible, I've realized from writing this book, because it was a daunting task. So then after I wrote it, I had kind of imposter syndrome. Also, I, I, I won a triathlon yesterday. But, what? Yeah, you so- won it? You didn't yeah. see his story? Like, he just so casually went to the beach. No, I had teammates. It was a triathlon. It was like a relay. So I had a teammate who swam and a teammate who biked and I ran. That makes more sense. And we me. won. How long did you run for? Four miles. But my, my teammates were like literally world-class athletes. <laughs> uh, but I did run it four miles in under 28 minutes. Whoa. Seven yeah. minute pace. I heard from a, a runner, my co- sister's college roommate ran for Notre Dame. And she says like for running, running, when you're a real runner, you just pee when you have to pee while you run what she was Uh, like we just go like it just goes down their leg yeah well that friend is in like some serious long distance okay yeah you don't need to do that at four miles no (laughs) 28 minutes (laughs) like are you really i don't know maybe it's but there are people who do like iron man competitions but then you pee in the water well obviously (laughs) iron yeah uh i've heard that before it is a thing yeah i haven't ever felt the need but (laughs) Yeah. Just wondering. So the analogy I use is like, you know, for anyone who finishes a marathon, I don't care what your athletic ability is, that's an incredible accomplishment. You just ran 26 miles. And that's how I felt about this book, which was like, I wrote a book. I don't know if it's any good, but like, I think it's decent. And so I shared it with some people. And then after I finished the book, I was like, do I market this? Do I want people to read this? You know, it's a very vulnerable thing to like have people... Yeah, not only to like write it, but also because I think you infuse like more of your personal story than like comes out in the show. So it's like I feel like vulnerable in a few different regards. I'm happy with it. When uh, people that I meet who are sort of not maybe your target demographic audience and they find out what my job is and they're like, oh, what do you like him? Or like, is he smart? I'm always like, read his book. I'm like, I'm like, honestly, like you'd be surprised. Read his book. I got asked yesterday if someone was like, what's your vibe? Like older brother, sister, or like older male cousin, younger cousin. And I was like, I don't really know what the difference yeah. is. <laughs> like, yeah, what an odd question. <laughs> yeah, no, no, he doesn't remind me of a a, a friend or a brother. <laughs> or he's not a father cousin. figure. Cousin, yeah. He's a cousin, you know? <laughs> My like, cousin wrote a book. You like have to hang out with him, but only on Christmas. Only a couple times a year. Not every day. <laughs> you were close when you were kids. Yeah. Now yeah. you're sort of. No, it's like awkward to be <laughs> around, but you're still family. Yeah. 
So anyway, uh, we have some great stories lined up for you. Um, and everyone who's called in, who shares their story, has read this book. They give some thoughts. It would mean the world to me if you guys pre-order this book. The book comes out next Tuesday. Pre-orders are important. Uh, audiobook is available. Obviously, I am proud of the way the the book itself, the hard copy. It looks good. It's sexy. It's cute. Yeah, it's, it's a sexy. hard book. It's gift worthy. It's gift worthy. Well, I do think the audiobook is great. I wrote this book to be meant as like used as like a guide or a manual to like refer back to depending on what part you found helpful, easy to page through. It's a good reminder. You go out, you have a bad day, you come back, you read the book and you feel better. Yeah. You, you know, coffee you, table worthy. Coffee table. It's just yeah, there. It's, it's just like you're you keep it around. Just go to vilefiles.com and it has every link possible. There might still be some signed copies available. Amazon, Barnes and Noble. There's another one that supports like local bookstores. Mm-hmm. You it's the same price everywhere, but you're just procuring it from an indie or independent bookstore. So if you if you're into supporting local bookstores, buy it from those sites. But Indiebound. Um, Indiebound. There you go. So vilefiles.com just has all the links. And if you live in Canada or the UK, Australia, there's links for that as well. So this is really the last week to pre-order. And it would truly mean the world if you guys gave this book a chance. And uh, if you're not convinced yet, uh, well, I hope you keep listening anyways, because you've already downloaded this episode and here, here we are. Yeah, and we're still having a contest, by the way. And so again, vilefiles.com, if you pre-order the book, right below it, you can uh, apply to sign up for a self-love day with me, which is basically... We FaceTime, you and me. You get like the Nick as your bestie experience. Yeah, literally. You can talk Figure about out you if want. he's your brother can, or your cousin. We can talk sports. <laughs> we can talk family values. We can talk relationship advice. And then you get a $100 gift card to treat yourself to like a spa or a massage or a mani-pedi or whatever it is that you would consider self-love. If you've already pre-ordered the book, you can still register. If you upload, you upload a receipt and it just refreshes, it doesn't give you a thanks for registering. But Rest assured, you're in the system. So if you've already pre-ordered, go to vilefiles.com and sign up to win. And uh, also texting office hours. If you're listening right now, send in those texting office hours at asknickacastme.com, cast with a K, uh, or anything asknick related. Um, and we might um, have you call in and we'll give you some texting advice to shoot your shot or fight with a friend, whatever it is. Thanks for indulging me and listening to me talk about this book. I really hope you guys enjoy it, and I really hope you guys pre-order it. So thank you so much in advance. Let's get to our callers. What's your time with Nick? Let's ask Nick your sexy questions. How's it going? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good. What's your name? I'm Caitlin. Hi, Caitlin. How old are you? I'm 24. All right. So you got an advanced copy of the book, but part of the reason why we picked you is because you wrote it and told us that you got cheated on your birthday. Yeah, it did happen. Uh, not to bring up old wounds, but want to tell us about it? <laughs> I'd love to. Yeah. So he, so I met him right when I was out of college. So okay. he was the normal, like we had so much chemistry and like he made me like so excited, but um, he was the player. He had a history of cheating. He was obsessed with talking about his body count, which I probably should have looked at as a red flag, but I didn't. Um, and just like... So when you met him, he was pretty open about that. Oh, yeah. Like within yeah. the first like two weeks of us meeting, like he asked me my body count and he would like brag about like all of like the sexual things he did. And yeah. 
Need a doctor? Well, ZocDoc has you covered. Finding a doctor can be one of the most treacherous experiences of people's lives because you don't know if you can get in. You don't get in when you want to. You don't know if they cover your insurance. Whenever you feel like you need a doctor, you need one usually like right away. Mm-hmm. Right. Not, not in two months. And ZocDoc makes it super easy to find quality doctors that are peer-reviewed, reviewed by real patients that take your insurance, and you can be visiting the doctor that can help you out in a few short days, sometimes faster. And it's super easy to like even reschedule your appointments to or book with them again. And half the time you're like, I don't want to get on the phone call with someone and get like the weird elevator music and wait for someone to get to my call. Like you can just go in the app, press reschedule, look at their availability, switch it around. And then you'll get like a little confirmation email because I think ZocDoc themselves like reaches out to them and does it for you. One thing I really appreciate is all the reviews that they have. So I'm so I'm definitely a maximizer. Like I do research before I go to a restaurant, before I do anything. And like with healthcare, of course, it's an area where you really want someone who's going to be the right fit, who's going to be good. And with ZocDoc, you can see like patients who have verified, booked through there what they have to say. And so your doctor is coming recommended. So when you're moving to a brand new city like I was and you don't have friends, you can necessarily get that good person-to-person recommendation. ZocDoc gives you access to that info. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc. We are the three of those people, and you can be too. They also have a mobile app, by the way, uh, super easy to use. Uh, go to ZocDoc.com slash V-I-A-L-L and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash V-I-A-L-L. ZocDoc.com slash V-I-A-L-L. Hey, you guys want some wine? Well, First Leaf has you covered because now you can stop shopping just because they have cool labels. Maybe you can actually get some tasty wine and be educated on what you're drinking, and it can be delivered right to your door. First Leaf can also recommend wines that uh, you'll love with 96% accuracy. I can testify to this because I took their little like flavor profile or like taste quiz, which is how they selected six bottles for me. Um, And in terms of my red wines, I usually like a softer red, like a red blend or like a Pinot Noir. And for me, like cabs and stuff usually are like very like tart or just like very like harsher in my opinion. And they recommended this cab and I was like, well, they have a 96% accuracy and I know how great they're like kind of return or swap out is if you really don't like it. So I was like, well, let's see. And I opened it up and I poured it in my glass. I automatically noticed it was a little like lighter in color. And it was like the softest, most wonderful cab I've ever had. And I was like, wow, they really did nail it. Forget driving to the wine shop, forget shopping by the label and forget overspending on bottles you don't even like. First Leaf will rate each wine you receive with a simple thumbs up or thumbs down and their experts will send you personalized selections with new and exciting bottles in every box. Sign up today and you'll get your first six bottles for $39.95 plus free shipping. Need I say more? Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash V-I-A-L-L. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash V-I-A-L-L to get your first six bottles for $39.95 plus free shipping. Tryfirstleaf.com slash V-I-A-L-L. At the time, I'm curious, like if you could think back, yeah. Um, what was your like? What were you thinking? Like, if you could go back to like that yeah. conversation, like, what was your mindset when he was saying this? Did you think it sounded weird, and you just yeah. ignored it? I, okay. I thought it sounded weird, but it was the wow, like so many girls have wanted this guy, mm. but he wants to date me. Like, yeah. oh my god, I'm special, and he'll never cheat on me. I did get cheated on. So basically what happened is I had to go to a wedding on my birthday and he wasn't invited. I didn't get a plus one. So he was planning on going to the bar while I went to the wedding. 
and we we're going to, he was going to come over when I got back. Um, and I get home, I'm like, all right, I'm good. You could come over. Um, completely ghosts me. I'm looking at his location and I saw him go from the bar at 2am to some random house. Um, so I kind of knew he was cheating, but I was still like, I trusted him so much and I really did not see much red flag. Like I I saw the red flags, but I didn't really like acknowledge them. So I was like, what did he go to another party? Like, why is he ditching me? So the next day he basically was like, oh yeah, I walked to the bar to my cousin's house, a cousin that I've never heard of the whole year that we were dating. And so I basically put two and two together. Um, We broke up, but it took a couple of days for me to actually get confirmation that he cheated on me. Um, from someone who was at the bar. What made you go from like, well, I don't know where he is and I've never heard of a cousin to he must be cheating on me? It was actually my sister. So I was kind of telling them the timeline of the night. Um, so he told me that he walked from like two towns over. It was, it would be like four miles and it was raining that night. Okay. And I'm like, that makes no sense. Um, so when I was telling my sister the story, she's like, Caitlin, he cheated on you. And I'm like, Oh my God, you're so right. So I had to like ask around a couple people and someone eventually told me. What happened afterwards? How did you confront them? So I, when I eventually found out, I sent him this beautiful breakup text, but I like never got a response. So he never owned up to it. He never um, apologized. I, I didn't get really any real closure and I still have like so many questions that have just never been answered. Do you still have those questions? No. (laughs) I look at it from a different like perspective now because before I was like, how could he do this to me? Like I trusted him. But now I'm looking back and I'm like, he's literally cheated on every girl who's ever dated. I don't know why I thought I was special. Um, And this is just who he is. And he doesn't respect women. He looks at women as conquests, you know, like he's just a player. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm sorry you went through that. And I'm I'm curious, what do you think you would have done differently? It's so funny. When I was reading the book, I was literally laughing to myself reading the player section because you literally were saying um that he that you'll always think that you're special because that's your ego and that they'll never to do it to you. And I'm like, that was the exact situation that I was in. So I was laughing to myself, but you wrote in your book a lot about how to process breakups and really get over a person. And I found that really helpful. Um, like for example, you talked about um not romanticizing what it was at one point and kind of thinking about what it is right now. And that's a really good way of looking at breakups to try to process them and let go. Great. Yeah. <laughs> you talked about your experience getting cheated on and I was like, me and Nick, have, we have a lot of similar experiences here. <laughs> yeah. We're uh, kindred spirits yeah, of, exactly. of, being, of being cheated on. Is there anything you found surprising in the book? Um, I thought it was surprising. You specifically mentioned that like ghosting can be hard, but you don't really realize how hard ghosting is until someone you're in a relationship does it to you. You kind of specifically talked about your emotions about that. And I'm like, wow, like, yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah. I mean, uh, when, when people nowadays are uh, talking about ghosting as if like the the person I met on a dating app who I've never met in person, like didn't respond back and they ghosted me. I'm like, oh no, 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 no. That's that's not ghosting. That's not ghosting. (laughs) No. When you have like a girlfriend and she disappears off the planet. 
that's ghosting. Um, yeah. And that's like an emotional, like, yeah. yeah I, I'll you, never forget. Yeah. Yeah. When you date someone for a year and they fuck another girl on your birthday and then you never hear from them again, that's ghosting. <laughs> <laughs> So you like you never spoke to him after that night? No. No, and you I never him so for I a actually year. ran into him at a bar um afterwards, which was crazy, but he like ran away from me. Oh wow. Couldn't confront it. How did that make you feel? I just I have like great. this vivid picture of him running away from me, and it's kind of like funny in my head. Yeah. But I it makes sense because he was a coward. He couldn't even tell me what he did and own up to it. Why would I think that he would suddenly like yeah totally i mean like once you get past any sense of embarrassment for having dated him or trusted him or anything like that then you kind of see him as this like small person and by by small i mean just small on the inside and Mm -hmm. you feel embarrassment but you feel more embarrassment for that person and less for yourself once you no longer like start judging yourself or just accept that you made a mistake and move on yeah for, for me, like the hardest part of that, um, when we broke up, everyone was like, how did you not know? How do you not know? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I literally didn't know. Like at this point when we were dating, I had a lot of stress like in my work life. So I wasn't really focusing on like where he was and like thinking about that. But there's a lot of shame, not purposefully from people in my life, but it made me feel like I was stupid for not realizing that I was getting cheated on for a whole year, you know? Yeah. Did the book make you feel less ashamed or less judged for it? Yes, it definitely did. Because you just, when you're in the moment, like your kind of ego just like takes over and you don't expect someone who you love to do something like that to you. And that's like, it's good to be trusting, you know? Yeah. Uh, Who would you recommend this book to? So there's so many specific situations that you talk about in the book like I have a friend that was just in the I just got ever out of a relationship I'm not ready for a relationship situationship (laughs) you know so there's that people who are going through breakups like I said it was so helpful for me to really process things and then even people who are um, in relationships you talk about like what a healthy love is so I'd recommend that to them oh and um you kind of like made me excited to get back into dating because you talk a lot about like how to go about meeting new people. So people who are nervous about getting out there, I think would benefit. Well, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to read it and coming on yeah, and sharing your story. Great. I, love I appreciate it. it. Well, that means a lot. I really appreciate you taking the time and sorry you got cheated on your birthday. But for me, the further I got away from that experience, the more I kind of appreciated the experience. Yeah, absolutely. And once I felt less embarrassed about the fact that that experience happened to me, the more I felt grateful that I could just see it for what it was. And then Mm -hmm. I felt like that experience where I felt all that shame and embarrassment really protected me in the future Mm -hmm. because that was that kind of the barometer of that gut feeling you know, because yeah. like, I'm sure, like you said, when you got cheated on, you were busy doing other things. You decided to trust your your boyfriend and then they violated that trust. But I bet you went back and remembered like these kind of gut feelings you had at certain periods where you felt like maybe something's, something's just off. But you know what? I'm just going to trust my partner because that w- that's what you're supposed to do. I remember feeling that a lot. Yeah. And uh, you get good at kind of listening to that voice in the future yeah. if, you're, if you're willing to. I was to. like so easily kind of manipulated. Like, for example... 
he would go out all weekend with his friends and I'd be like, why do you like not want to spend time with me? And he's like, well, it's fine. Like I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you. And I'm, I was like, oh yeah, that's so nice. He wants to marry me. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I love that you said that because that's a perfect example of what we choose to hear when someone yeah. says, you know, and so it can be tricky. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate you taking the yeah, time to, to read the book and come on and share your thoughts. All right. Well, we're, uh, have a good rest of your day. Thanks for taking the time. I know you're on lunch break. All right. What, are you wearing scrubs? Yes. What do you do for work? I'm a nurse. Go back and save some lives. I will. All right. Thank you. Thanks for your service. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. What's your name? Jessica. Hi, Jessica. How old are you? 27. So you wrote in, um, and, uh, we 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 picked we selected you for an advanced copy. Your ex boy, your now ex boyfriend, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. His wife was his roommate. Yes. What does that mean? Because people tend to live with their wives, but you referred to his wife as his roommate, who was then at the time your boyfriend. Walk me through what you, <laughs> what the hell is going on? Right. That's what I. That's what I think back now. Um. So I. So I met this guy at work. Okay. And we were... How long ago was this? This was about a year and a half now. Okay, okay. Um, so we we had worked together for a few years, but we didn't really start talking until last April of 2021. Um, and I would stop by and say hi, and he would say like, oh, my roommate and my roommate. And like even before we started talking, I was like dating, he would say my roommate. So I knew he had a roommate. And then... You know, he would tell me like my roommate, my roommate's boyfriend, like I, she was dating and, um, he would tell me that terrible dating stories that she had. So I was like, Oh, like, that's fine. You can have a girl roommate. That's totally fine. So at this point you're just like, I'm dating this really like enlightened man who's mature enough to have a woman roommate. And he's kind of low key gossiping about his quote unquote roommate in reality, his wife about her dating struggles. Yes. Then we started dating and, and then, and, and at this point you start dating cause you're like, Hey, roommate, right. you're, you're the roommate. roommate. Like I have no reason. Roommate. Yeah. He's got a roommate. Yeah. If anything, I thought it was cool. He like lives with the woman. He knows like our mood swings and just our lives. <laughs> um, so then we start dating and I, I no longer work there. I find a new job. And then after I leave, we start dating. And um, like he didn't really bring her up anymore. It was mostly like I would bring it up like, oh, how's your roommate? And I knew yeah. she worked out of school. So I'd, be like, I'd ask questions about that. When you look back and, and you think about the relationship, were you just like being friendly or are you making conversation? Or were like, as you settled into the relationship and he started bringing up the roommate less, what made you ask those questions? Do you remember? I just wanted to get to know more about his life. Okay. And just like if it was a guy roommate, I'd ask about like, oh, how's sure. your roommate doing? Um, never did I feel insecure about her, um, which like I don't know if that's just me being mature or I didn't, maybe he didn't do anything or said anything that made me feel like it was a... I mean, yeah. I mean, like you don't normally think when someone tells you they have a roommate that they're their life partner. Yeah. Right. And you chose to trust them, which is... Right. Um, and then I think I might have asked later on, like, how did you meet 
or how did you find your place? I don't remember if I said, because this became an argument later. I don't remember if I said, did you, how did you find this roommate or how did you find this place? And you said on Craigslist. And I was like, oh, like that's interesting. And then maybe like weeks later, he has a dog and he, so he brought me to, he brought the dog to me, to meet me. And um, the dog had a collar of phone numbers. And one of them, he's not from California, so he has an out-of-state area code. Um, so the dog had a phone number and then it had another phone number right below it, the same area code. And I asked, like, who, whose phone number is this? And he's like, oh, it's my roommate's. I'm like, well, that's weird that you would have, like, your roommate that you met on Craigslist, like, <laughs> phone number on there. And... <laughs> He was like, no, no. We I mean, I like them, but like, that's a lot of trust you're giving to Craigslist. Right. Especially because I didn't, like, I thought this was like a new living situation. And um, he, he said, no, no, we didn't meet on Craigslist. Like, I've known her. She's from like my hometown. And I, we were like on our way to lunch. So then I like dropped it and I brought it up again later that night. And he said, no, like we were from our hometowns. Like I've known her for a long time. But did he, he did he almost make you feel like you were silly for thinking? Yes, for, I dropped it. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Like I'm being like, and I think back at it and I maybe at this point start to sound insecure. And I would catch myself like, no, like I should trust him. Sure. And, and I kept just trusting him. And... And it turned out to be. How, how did you find out? I, I, I haven't told anyone this story. There's maybe a couple of people who know this story because it's like tend to like blame myself. Like I should have seen this. I, like it's embarrassing that I let this happen to me, which obviously isn't the the correct way um, to think of it. But I, we had hung out the day before, and he was telling me about a friend he had, a guy friend. And how he, like, from back home and the next day, I was trying to trying to find this man on Instagram because I wanted, I think he, like, did tattoos or something. So I was, I was snooping through his Instagram. And I, you know, you go from, like, one page to another page to another page. And I ended up in someone's page. And I'm scrolling through pictures and I see wedding pictures. And he's the groom. And this, and it was a really bad picture. So I'm like trying to zoom in and I, it's, it's him. And I'm like, there's no way, like maybe this is because it was from like 10 years ago. And I'm like, well, no way. Maybe this is a cousin that looks like him. Or like some staged f photo, like, right, right. Like they went to like a theme park where you could like stage, you know, you, you dress up, you have those yes. like themed photos. Like a colonial man. Yeah. <laughs> Get your rifle. <laughs> no, but I totally like empathize with your state of mind at the time. You were probably like in utter disbelief and like trying to right. grapple at like, there's got to be another solution. There's got to be another solution. So he's not tagged on the picture, but she's tagged on the picture. So I like click on her profile and it's luckily public. So I'm going through these pictures and it's, there's pictures of them like going back to forever. And the one that I was that hit me the hardest was he had just been in his hometown the week before um, for his cousin's wedding. 
And he was texting me the whole time and he was sending me pictures and they were there together. Like they both flew out there together and we're in these like family pictures together. And my heart dropped. There was a, this makes no sense to me. And I called him, well, I texted him and then I called him like at least 10 times and his phone was like on do not disturb. And Oh, when I was looking at her profile, I saw these pictures and then I looked at her story. So I'm like, this, this makes no sense to me. So I look at her story and it's their house. It's like the living, like she's sitting in the living room of like pictures that he had sent me of him sitting in his living room. So I knew what the house looked like. And she was staying in the living room and I, she took this picture of a movie she was watching and she was playing with the dog and I could see his like, shadow on like this side and he was on his phone so this she had taken this like 10 minutes before and he was texting me obviously sitting there um and so I I didn't understand and so I called him and I talked to him on the phone and he told me it was true told me that they were divorced and that she couldn't like find her own plate. Well, first he started saying, I, you wouldn't understand. And it's like looking back at it. Were you like, first, try me? Exactly. Like, I think I'm smart enough to like, if you put everything out for me, I can, I can maybe understand. Yeah. And he told me they were divorced and that it was, she couldn't afford to live on her own. And that, oh, I remember the other thing he told me of like, they support each other. And I didn't understand what that meant because why does my boyfriend need another woman to support him? I didn't understand what that meant. And he told me they were divorced, and but his family didn't know, so that's why she had to go to the event. I mean, looking back, that um, we agree that like this, this was all lies, right? Right. This yeah, is all yeah, lies. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I, again, I've obviously, never been put in a situation like I don't know what you're supposed to do. Sure, Are you supposed yeah. to like don't talk to me ever again or? do you like run away and like run? And I had said like, well, let's meet tomorrow because I want to see the divorce papers. And he's like, okay. So then we met the next day and he showed me papers. I don't know what divorce papers look like. Please tell me he like tried to like fake divorce papers. He gave me divorce papers. He gave me, he showed me divorce papers with a court stamp. And I don't know what these papers look like. And, but I take a picture because I'm like, I need to take a picture for some reason. Yeah. So I take a picture and then we're obviously like in this, like, what do we do stage of, of like, let's work this out. Um, he's like, what do you want to do? And I'm just like, I don't know what to do. It's, again, never put in the situation. I'm like, well, I don't know. Let's just like continue what we're doing. I don't know. And so a few days later, I... I live in California, so everything's public records in California. So I go on the court website and I like look back at the picture and I put the court the case number and it says active. Like it says that it's not finalized. There's nothing finalized. And so obviously showed me papers that aren't you just showed me random papers. And it was during work hours too. So I am like trying to keep it together and um, I reach out to him and I tell him like, why do you keep lying to me? I've like accepted the situation and then just keep adding to it. 
So he, he's like, well, it's because you would leave if I told you the truth. It's just like paperwork. It's like the final stages of like, it's just paperwork at this point. Like we're technically divorced. It's just the paperwork. And this became this whole big argument. And then we, you know, we agreed to like continue, which I don't know, part of me just wanted to be good and like move past this, like be mature. Sure. Of like, I don't know what it's like to get divorced. So I don't know the situation. Yeah, it kind of manipulated you because you hadn't experienced it and you wanted to empathize with him and he took advantage of that. Correct. And he's a lot older than me, about seven years older than me. So I didn't, you know, I don't want him to think that I'm just like this child that can't be mature. Sure. So we continue and then we're good for a couple of weeks. Um, obviously, still working through things and talking um, and my friend who's a photographer, she asked me again, people think we're okay. Like my friends think we're okay. I re- no one knows about You this. didn't tell anyone. Yeah. I didn't tell anyone. And well, that itself was a, probably a red flag looking back, huh? Definitely. Yeah. The fact that you didn't feel comfortable telling anyone knew deep down, you knew your gut was telling you something's off still. Yes. Yeah. And so my friend who's a photographer asked me if we wanted to take pictures. And I had said, like, I, I don't know. And so I consulted with him about it. And he said, like, we should totally do it because it's, it's part of our restart. We're restarting for, with, like, no lies and we're, like, in a better place now. So we take these pictures. And I can agree. Like, I mean, it's a restart of, like, no lies. Let's be honest. Let's be good. And then we take these pictures and I post them on my Instagram. And within 10 minutes, she, the wife messages me. I don't even remember what she says. Like, that is my husband. We've been together for 13 years. And going on this like rampage, like we're still together. I don't know what he's telling you, but we're still married. And I freak out because he's telling me that they're just like, they're divorced and they're friends and they're roommates. And she's had boyfriends and nothing makes sense to me anymore. And I confront him about it again. And he's like, well, she's just upset because she's finally like seeing us together. And I guess she like wanted to get back with him and she was going to therapy so that they could be good together. And at this point, I'm like, hey, you need to move out. And because you need to choose at this point. And he's like, well, I can't move out right now. You know, now I look back at it and I didn't set boundaries. I just kept saying, okay. Like, it's fine that you can't give me all these things. We can continue. And I didn't set boundaries and I didn't set expectations. Just kept going and just became such a toxic thing of like being here for him while he was being there for her and no one was being here for me. Yeah. How did you finally finally end it? We had spent a month of like not hanging out of you work on yourself. I work on myself. We're both two working professionals. Um, At that point... It was affecting my work and it was affecting my personal life. Of I couldn't hang out with my friends and I couldn't focus on work. So we took some time apart. Um, we agreed we would hang out for 4th of July. And so we had plans for 4th of July to do the fireworks together. I guess he told her that day because I guess in the past they had hung out for 4th of July. They had seen the fireworks together. And so she was upset that they weren't going to see them together this year. And they had an argument about it. 
And so when he showed up to see me, he was already upset. He was upset. He was, his mind was somewhere else. We were hanging out and she was calling and she was calling and calling. And he just kept saying like, I'm stuck. Like I'm never going to be able to leave her and I can't do this right now. And it became this like a bomb that finally went off. And he started saying a lot of hurtful things about his situation that were honest. And it was his real honest feelings. And I, once he said, like, I'm never going to be able to leave her. I, like, I remember we're hanging out in this room and I just walked away. And I walked away and I got in my car and I didn't text him the whole day and I didn't text him the next day. And then I think I might've texted him two days later when we FaceTime and I said, like, I can't do this anymore. This is, I'm like, I can't wait around. And you don't want to be happy and like, you need to go figure out your own life because I felt stuck myself and at at fourth of july he told me that they were going to go to a wedding together someone had invited them to a wedding together so it was like you're never gonna be apart yeah at this point he's like openly like dating you both almost in a weird way right and i yeah yeah, it's like i felt like i was sharing and i don't want to share like that's not like you don't share a boyfriend that's not it's not okay well, I am sorry you had to go through that. I'm, I'm more glad that you're not in that anymore. Well, you read the book. I read what the did, book. What did you think of the book? And I'd love to know what would you have uh, done differently had you read the book before you started dating him? I loved your book. Um, I feel like it was written for me or, or someone in my similar situation, um, but maybe also someone before the beginning stages of my situation. There's so many things that I would have done differently if I would have read. I, I wish you would have had this book a year ago. Um, there's so many, I would have had this book a year ago. There's so many things that I would have done differently. I would have set expectations and boundaries from the beginning. I wouldn't have let my ego make the decisions for me for such a long period of time because for so long it was, well, what are people going to think of me? And how could this have happened to me? And I can't lose in this situation. And he needs to choose me. And I need to stop making myself at that point. I should have made myself so available of like, yeah, it's fine. Let's continue. Yes. You can text me whenever you want. And even me reaching out and like making sure he was okay and texting him for his birthday and texting him to ask about the dog. And I've made myself available for too long. Well, I appreciate you reading it. And uh, I'm so glad to hear that you like it. If someone you recommended the book to was like, well, I already listened to his podcast. I don't need the book. What would you say? Uh, no, you need the book. Okay. Well, you need, we'll, we'll end you on need that. The, you need the book. I, the, the podcast is like the, the beginning, the pre prequel. Um, All right. Read the, read the book. What a nice compliment. Uh, well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I am so sorry that you had to experience that, but I'm so glad you're out of it. And it sounds like you were much better off. And I said this to our last caller. It's, it's always funny when you have these kind of crazy heartbreaks and you feel embarrassed from these situations, uh, how time allows you to see it very differently and that you use it more of a, a barometer 
you know, of like a big like learning lesson. And if you look at it differently, you can feel like actually more confident and secure going forward because you know what to look for now rather than be afraid of someone else doing it to you in the future. Definitely. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate it. I appreciate you sharing your story. And once again, thanks for uh, taking the time to read it. Thank you so much. And All right. thank you for writing this book. I appreciate it. Um, take care. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. How's it going? Hey, how are you doing? Good. What's your name? Um, I'm Alex, and I'm 26. Alex, you wrote in uh, and and told us that you would love to get an advanced copy of the book. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, why you were so eager to get an advanced copy, and then we'll find out what you thought about it. Yeah, sure. Of course. Um, so I have been listening for probably the better part of a year, um, and I've always found that... Um, I find myself coming back to your thoughts about other people's situations and applying them to my own. And I was like, wow, I wish I had like an easy guide of like to come back into my own situations and um, figure out like, I have a question about this, something easy to find uh, like your thoughts and like guidance. And I was like, wow, what better than a book that I can like put post-its in and like really think about and have like a hard guide. Mm. Um, so uh, my own dating experience is virtually non-existent. Um, so a lot of it's very hypothetical and um, thinking through situations and kind of um, how I would approach uh, things when when and if that time comes. Um, so I really find that to be interesting. When you say non-existent, have you been out there on the dating apps trying or have you just not been trying as much? Like, why do you feel like it's been non-existent? Um, so in... Like um, growing up, I was always very um, driven by like school and sports and things like that. So up until the age of like even up in, into college, 22, 23, like I just never really had the interest in like relationships and stuff. I was just always satisfied by like friends and family and like being driven by school and what I was going to do for my career. Um, so I just kind of never really like dawned on me like, oh, I should maybe start to find someone. But once like I was done with school and things were closed with COVID, I was like, okay, now is maybe the time that like I should try to find someone and I should get out there. Um, so for the better part of like a year, year and a half, um, I would say I've been trying dating apps. Um, you know, relative off and on frequency. You know, a couple weeks, couple months of like really trying, and then a couple weeks, couple months of like, eh, you know, maybe I'll swipe mm -hmm. tomorrow. You know, I'll figure that out. Um, but over the course of that time getting no matches or not no matches, but virtually no matches, few responses. Um, so do you have any or some uh, women friends? Like what's your women friends circle look like? Um, so Curious. I would say it's probably mostly women. Um, really your friends? Definitely growing up it was mostly, but I definitely have like a good core group of guy friends. Great. The only reason I ask that is because uh, women friends can be, great friends to like lean on especially as like from a guy standpoint of getting back out there and dating i think the more you check in with them and hear about you know what dating's like for them i think can really bring you up to speed and i think it can make you like a great empathetic partner for when you actually meet someone also like i i feel like someone like yourself i would uh, really prioritize common interests honestly that's something 
as a younger person, I overlooked a lot. Obviously, like you prioritize like your physical attraction with people, you know, and people are going to do that or just, you know, prioritize what excites your ego and things like that. And I used to always be someone who was like, oh, well, you know, like love will conquer all. I just really want to love this person. And if we like different things, that's okay because we'll be in love. It carries us through. But I, I'll tell you what, having common interests with your partner and being able to talk th about things you both enjoy, not everything, but like a lot of things, I think really helps bring people connected. And so just think about that as you're dating to prioritize, like, you know, especially even when you're looking for who you're matching with, like where you're looking and prioritize people who like the same things. Because I think that will, one, make you feel less discouraged when you're not matching and connecting because you're also just like, hey, maybe we just interests aren't the same. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you will match with less. But when you do match with people, I think you can really lean on, you know, some of those common interests. They'll give you things to talk about. And so just have that in your mindset, because I think that's something people often overlook. They just want to get excited about someone. <laughs> so I don't know if that's helpful, but I would just put that in your back of your mind. I think that will help as you go out there and, and date people, you know, who you should be prioritizing and, and help you get less discouraged and make it less about, you know, feeling rejected and more about like, maybe it's just, we're just not on the same, you know, compatibility page. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. It's definitely a good way to think about it. <laughs> uh, so what did you think of the book? I thought it was really great. I thought that um, I loved the way that like it, sort of flows the cycle from like training who you want to match with and matching and like it follows the life cycle of a relationship mm -hmm. um and i like i love the way that it was broken down into different sections how each section broke apart um so like like i said like it's easy to like hey i have a question or i'm thinking about um how to deal with moving in with someone when that time comes and like you can find that specific section you can get right to that um and it's very like clear and direct um and i thought that it's it's really just an embodiment of like having listened to like having listened to you i think has a different experience also than just picking up the book because i can hear and almost see your points of view through it and it, that was really interesting and cool um so it's it really like there were a lot of moments that I just like had to read again and process. And the same thing in the podcast all the time. Yeah. You know, let me pause, let me re rewind and like take this knowledge in. And I know that every time I skim through it or read something, there'll be more and more depth to it. It was just always depth, always. <laughs> That's awesome to hear. I appreciate you saying that. You wrote, I almost considered reading these parts less thoroughly as I wasn't sure how much I'd be able to glean. What did you mean by that? Yeah, so I thought that uh, kind of like everyone's like I've never been in a stage of like like should we move in together with someone? So I was like, how am I going to relate to this? How am sure. I going to understand this? But even not having that experience, I still was able to see nuggets of like thinking about how you are with someone and like things to look out for when deciding. You know, in this specific context, is moving in together, but it could be like extrapolated to other parts of dealing yeah. with and living with someone. But I was like, oh, actually, this is more relatable than I thought it would be, <laughs> you know? I'm really glad you uh, feel that way. That's what I was trying to trying to do. Um, so, yeah, that uh, <laughs> makes me feel good that you felt that way. Anything about the book that surprised you? or? I mean, I think one of the things that I thought was so pleasantly surprising was, like, this is a book about dating and everything and it's not about you 
but I think it was like the perfect balance of like you gave enough and like just the right amount of like, hey, I'm also in this and like your own personal stories that like it doesn't become a memoir, but it also to like someone who doesn't know you and just like is given this book by a friend of like, oh, hey, this guy actually like knows the shit. <laughs> and like, it made you really relatable as opposed to like some of these books kind of come off as like, you should do blah, blah, blah. And like, here's how I do it. Like it, it was that personal connection was just always there through it as opposed to like a standoff, like do these 10 things. and like very aloof. I thought that was, uh, that, that's kind of what made it stand out to me compared to other books. Wow. That's, uh, that's great to hear. Uh, you're making me feel good about myself. Uh, <laughs> so thanks. I was really nervous when people would start reading this book. Just be like, yeah, don't write another book. <laughs> stick to talking. Stick, stick to talking. <laughs> All right. Uh, who would you recommend this book to? Any final thoughts? Um, I mean, there were definitely some friends. There's a, there's a friend who's coming off of a toxic ex and getting over the ex. And like, this is definitely one, one of my close female friends. Once the time comes out, uh, you know, hey, you know, when the time comes, if you're having a lone moment, like, here's maybe something you can look at and think about. Um, so people like that. And even like some friends who were in happy, healthy relationships, like you can always work on it and always think of things. Um, I like come to new perspectives. Um, I really think it could be for anyone, really. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to read it and sharing your thoughts. Keep us posted on your love journey. We uh, always <laughs> like to get updates, but uh, give it time. You're very young. Enjoy it while you're doing it too. <laughs> thank you i'll try <laughs> all right uh thanks so much buddy i appreciate it yeah thank you so much all right i'll talk to you later all right sounds good bye bye how's it going good how are you good what's your name my name is emma and i'm 36 years old uh emma well thank you for calling in uh, i appreciate it we picked you for an advanced copy uh you talked about a long distance relationship you had that was over so i'd love for you to share a little bit about that story and then give me your thoughts on the book and how you would have applied what you learned in the book to that situation and then going forward totally so um thank you for having me first off um i'm about a month removed from a year and a half long long distance situationship. So, okay. so I'm fresh. acknowledging it's, it's off fresh. the bat that I know I might cry, but um, I'm acknowledging there was no label, no expectation of an exclusive committed relationship, but we were very much part of each other's lives more than friends. I think we both acknowledge that, recognize that. But unlike a lot of situationships, I think that because of the distance, it was less about the physical and more about the emotional connection. So we were very deeply woven into each other's daily lives. Um, and then about a month ago, he very abruptly stopped talking to me. So um I'm sorry. Thank you. Um she never really told me why he pulled away, but I found out um it was because of someone else. And obviously it's hurtful that he quote unquote chose someone over me. But I think what's even harder is that he never dignified what we had with an honest conversation. Mm -hmm. And, and I'll go into more of what I learned from the book, but I know that calling someone that you want 
more than a friendship with. Like, not the best idea. But at the end of the day, there was a foundation of friendship there. And so it feels like a real betrayal that it was just kind of ended on his terms. But uh, thanks in part to your book, I recognize sort of the role that I played. I did not communicate what I needed. I didn't set or enforce boundaries to get what I needed because I was accepting less out of fear of losing him. But I think because things ended so suddenly, I'm having a hard time processing it and accepting it. Um, I'm a rational human being. I know that he was not my person. I think that there's a long list of reasons why that's the case beyond just how I've been treated over the last month or so. Um, but it's been such a drastic change to my day-to-day life that I just feel like I'm grieving a loss, more or less. Yeah. Well, you are. So You are yeah. grieving a loss. Yeah. <laughs> so It's okay to my, recognize that. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Um, so my brain knows that this is ultimately probably for the best. I don't know that I would have walked away or gotten what I needed. So I think I could have been stuck in this place for a really long time. But I think my ego and my heart are having a really hard time catching up. Yeah. So I want to give you my takeaways from the book, but also kind of pose the question of how do I work to tame my ego to get to a place of acceptance? It's one thing to recognize that maybe they're not my person or you make that list of hopeful and grateful or whatever. And, and you, like you said, oh, I'm going to be rational and I'm going to, I'm going to move on. Well, that's great. And that's a great start. And that's going to get you on the path to healing. But that doesn't mean you don't have feelings. You know, it doesn't eliminate the sadness and the loss. You know, if nothing else, again, like you have that actual physical loss of like, I used to call them. I used this. They used to be a big part of my day when something happened. They're the person I reached out to. And regardless of whether they're your person or not, they still obviously like brought value to your life. They also brought some frustration and disappointment and all these other things. But you're still losing the value that they brought. And that's going to make you sad. And I think just acknowledging that and just saying it's okay to be sad it's okay that I feel this way. And then you just have to draw that line between giving yourself permission to be sad, which takes some time, and then not making it worse by not allowing yourself to heal. Because I think most of us, and I've done that, we'll be sad and it's okay to be sad. But instead of just wanting to accept that and then work towards moving on, we'll sit in that sadness and we'll keep asking the same questions that we probably even know the answers to because we'll want to hang on to that feeling of sadness because it's the only thing we have left of them and we'll try to turn that into hope. So I think, you know, you just have to focus on that. It's okay to be sad and it's going to take some time. It might take a couple months, you know, but in between those months of sadness, you just want to be able to challenge yourself to not sit in those moments, right? Acknowledge it. I feel sad, but instead of, you know, staying in and watching my uh, a movie that kind of also makes me sad, but also like validates my sadness and then like ordering like food and like sitting in my sweatpants, maybe you go out and you hang out with the girls or you challenge yourself to go on a date. And even if, you know, it's just like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. Eventually it starts getting easier and eventually you'll have a fun moment. It's just pushing yourself to get out of that stage, right? And I think that just takes time and knowing it takes time makes it a little bit easier. Thank you. And that hit on one of my, I I wrote down sort of like my top three or four takeaways from the book or my favorite pieces. And one of them was that um, sort of recognition of like, 
feel the feelings, but don't sit in the sadness just because it's the last piece of the relationship that you had. And like, this pain is the last thing I can feel of him. So I want to hold on to it for longer than is productive or helpful or healthy. It's still okay to feel sad. I'm trying to get myself (laughs) out of it, but I I need to be gentle and kind to myself too. It's still pretty early. Yes. Yes. Um, Some of my other pieces from the book that I really loved that are both helpful now that I'm kind of on the other side of this relationship, but also I wish I heard them or listened to them sooner. I'm sure I had friends that were probably trying to tell me some of these things and I maybe didn't want to hear it. But um, one thing that I really loved is you talked a lot about controlling what you can control. I think so often we hear that like people's behavior has nothing to do with us. It is a reflection of them and their experience. And that can help remove guilt sometimes. You don't feel like it's on your shoulders or your fault, but it can also make you feel really powerless. And I know that in the book, you've talked about there are things that you can control though. Like everyone plays a role. There are two people in any relationship. So think about how you are communicating your needs and enforcing and setting boundaries and things like that. So um, I really wish that I had done more of that, but I loved thinking about recognizing that you have more control than you might realize in a situation. Maybe not of the outcome, but of your behavior. So I loved that. Well, great. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Um, Another one that felt really applicable to this situation was when you talk about shooting your shot with a friend and you very bluntly and honestly say, it's going to end one way or another. It's either going to end because you two are together and embark on a romantic relationship or because they find someone else. Um, And I think I held on for so long because and you mentioned this in the book, out of a fear of losing him. So I accepted him as a friend, but more than a friend, but because I didn't want to hold him accountable to be more than that. And I figured a friend was better than nothing, but ultimately you need to shoot your shot or at least, you know, give it a chance to work. And I really loved that. That's awesome. Um, And then another one, which I know you've talked about before between the podcast and Instagram lives, but I think... I'm doing as I kind of reflect back on the relationship and I wish I did more while I was in it. And you mentioned this um, just a few minutes ago, but gratitude versus hope. And hope is an unfulfilled desire and recognizing that you need to kind of meet people where they are and and sort of that quote, um, when people show you who they are, believe them. So just because you're hoping that someone will become something or do something does not mean that's the reality. And it probably means it's something that you're not getting in that relationship. And so if I were to look honestly at this relationship, the hope list was probably a lot longer than the gratitude list. And that's something to think about and consider and recognize. Yeah. I think it's common for most of us too. Yes. Especially in situationships. (laughs) Yes, very much so. Um, but yeah, those are like my three biggest takeaways. And then the the other sort of bonus one was the don't hold on to the pain just because it's the last feeling of that relationship. And you feel like once you let it go, it's really over. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to read it. Who would you recommend this book to? So I felt like it was really helpful and comforting as someone who's sort of going through a breakup. But at the same time, I think it would have been so helpful for me six months ago or a year ago. So I think that anyone who kind of is questioning what they want out of relationships, whether that's one that they are in or moving forward, I think it's going to help me approach relationships differently in the future. So if you're 
single and looking for your person and want to navigate relationships in a more self-aware, smarter way, I think that's great. But also if you're going through it or if you want to improve a relationship that you're in, I think that there are scenarios and situations and nuggets that are really helpful to sort of any stage that you're in. Thanks so much for taking the time to uh, uh, share your story and, and give us your thoughts. Keep us posted uh, on, uh, on your dating life. Love to you know, get updates as you go along and uh, especially as you kind of get out of this you know, grieving period of your life and start getting back out there. I'd love to hear uh, if anything you read or do you think you'll kind of go back and kind of like, I, I kind of read these, it. I have all these bookmarks. I don't oh, know. If you... Wow, look at all those bookmarks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so yes, I plan yeah. to use it as a, as a sort notes. of... Because I kind of wrote it in <laughs> hopes that like anyone could like, yeah, you could read it cover to cover, but also you could just like go back and like need like a reminder of like, yeah. you know, if you felt and there were like, stuck. Sometimes you... it was like a whole section that I was like, this paragraph or this chapter is really important. But then there were also just like quotes and nuggets. Like I loved, you said um, at one point, shavings make a pile. And I'm like, yes, little things can add up to big things in a good way and a bad way. And like just little things like that. So yes, I have my bookmarks and I plan to reference it regularly. All right. Well, good luck. Um, Thank you. I'm excited for what's next for you. Congrats on uh, the new job, by the way. Thank you so much. I appreciate Um, it. All right. Well, take care. Thanks. How's it going? Hey, how's it going, Nick? Good. What's your name? My name's Jack, and I'm 26. Nice to meet you, Jack. You wrote in. You wanted to get an advanced copy, and we were like, perfect. Tell us about yourself, your dating situation, what brought you to the show in general, and what made you you know, want to be someone who got an advanced copy of this book. Sure. Um, so I've been single now uh, for about, I'll say, 10 months, and that's single out of a, a situationship and uh, not on my wishing. Um, I, wanted, I was the person that wanted it. You were the hopeful one? Correct. That's right. Yeah, I was yeah. I was the one that wanted to be there. Uh, didn't obviously work out, but uh, that's kind of what put me on to the whole 2022 dating scene and and all the podcasts and such that talk about it. Um, and then I got into the Bachelor during Clayton season, and that's kind of where I heard about you and, and your show. So awesome. I'm uh, actively dating for the last ten months or so. I'm getting ready to go overseas for a little bit to kind of work on myself. Uh, but then when I get back, I intend to dive right back in. Well, that's that's great to hear. What did you think about the book? Oh, the book was awesome. Um, I think for me, it would be Don't Text Your Ex uh, Merry Christmas. But uh, the last chapter was was right on brand. And I think that anybody that's gone through a breakup should read it. If if you read nothing else, skip to the last chapter. It can really give you some examples on how to handle situations in, in the future and then also help you reflect on the past. What surprised you, if anything, about the book? Um, I think you did an excellent job uh, kind of going over at the very beginning. You touched on a lot of your main... like points that you talk about throughout your podcast every Monday. Um, but I think you did an awesome job kind of rehashing what they mean. Um, the gratitude section was like awesome to me. And it really gave me some awesome perspective on a new word to think about and a new way to think about it. Like you don't, or the only word that doesn't become toxic is gratitude and just an awesome way to think about um, situations in the past, but also just the opportunity to date going forward. What else? Any, anything else? Yeah, I mean, do you want me to talk about kind of like my situationship and, yeah. and what I yeah. what yeah, I I'd lo- sure. yeah, actually, I'd love to hear about your situationship. Perfect. So I I got out of a five year college relationship back in July of 2020. So kind of fresh into COVID, um, very obviously lonely time. Didn't really have a lot of people going on. My roommate was I'll call him nocturnal. So not a lot of 
people to talk with in my life. And I hopped on the dating apps pretty quickly after getting out of that relationship. And shortly after I met a girl, I'll call her Alex on here. Um, initially, I think I started dating her with the intention to like form a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. But then on both of our ends, it kind of turned into something casual, but it was never really discussed. Um, and I think that you talk about in the book, the establishing boundaries early and defining what you want. Um, that was a, a learning lesson for me because I, I went through this five months of just having good sex, seeing each other once a week, no questions asked, but also not talking about what was happening. And I think that was probably confusing for both of us. Um, pretty much to sum up what was happening is she came over at like 1am the day after Valentine's Day and, and Valentine's Day was not discussed. So it was a, a new experience for me. I wasn't really sure what was happening. Um, and then in May of 2021, I went and lived with my parents for three months, just between leases. And that was away from the state. So I had to travel. Uh, it was like a four-hour flight away. So not close. Um, and that's when I kind of realized, oh, shoot, you know what? This girl is is someone that I actually like. And I enjoyed spending my time with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I got back to my home state, I realized that I want to be with her. I tried to pursue it. And we gave it a couple dates. And she kind of slow faded me. And I finally was like, hey, what's going on here? And she just said, hey, the next time I saw you, I was going to tell you it's not working. But um, that's kind of the quick summary of my my situationship. Um, and then I think for what I learned from your book, and I this was a year ago when that finally ended, but um, I, for the most part, have dealt with that. But there are definitely some lingering things, especially being single this whole time. Um, but don't reminisce on the past. I think throughout your podcast, you're always talking about... Um, you always bring attention to the to the bad. Like you always want to think about the good, but you don't really acknowledge the the bad parts. And I realized, yeah, I only saw this girl for all of 13 hours once a week. And uh, I don't really know her. And you bring attention to that in your book and just don't think about things on the high side, kind of come back to reality. And you do a good job outlining that. Yeah. Isn't it kind of amazing when you like get out of one of those situationships or dating or even sometimes for some people relationships and you realize how many times you had a thought or concern or question and you kept it to yourself rather than ask the very person who could give you the best possible insight into that question but we just we just avoid those conversations totally or if we have them it's it's usually too late i know for me personally and i had it over text i was like hey i'm not really feeling casual about this anymore but that was a four-hour plane ride away over over cell phone so it wasn't good communication yeah you're not alone in that and i've done all these things (laughs) so definitely came from a place of fucking up myself (laughs) um so yeah sound like you're pretty ready to pretty optimistic about uh, potentially, you know, getting back out there. And now that you're kind of in this very single period of your life, how do you see that now versus maybe how did you see that before you read the book? Um, I think for me, you had a whole section dedicated towards dating. Um, and what really stuck out to me there was the power of the question, why? Um, it's super easy to just go on a first date and kind of have the back and forth of like, oh, what do I do? Or what do you do? And you get this and that. But if you can take that a step further and say, well, why do you why do you have that job? Or why do you feel that way? You can learn so much more about a person, um, both quickly, but also at like a more deeper, vulnerable level. Um, and I think for me personally, that's something that, that I was missing um, in my day-to-day dating life, if you will. Well, that's awesome, man. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to read it and, and share. Um, it's always great to get uh, men's perspectives as well. I definitely wrote it assuming a lot of women would read it, but I wrote it in hopes that men would read it too and not feel like 
it was specific towards women that I accomplished that with with you? Yeah, absolutely. I think you both directly call that out um, throughout the book. You're like, hey, this this worked both ways, but also just it's it's life lessons that we've all been through, and it's yeah. and I think it's like accumulation of all your your Ask Nick episodes, but put in one place. It's easy for anybody to digest and and move forward with and apply to their daily dating. Well, thank you again. I appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time and uh, good luck in the future. And keep us posted on uh, your dating life. Any update you have for us, we'll be happy to, to hear. Sure thing. Thanks, man. I'll be sure to reach uh, out. All right. Appreciate it. Someone also wrote in, they weren't able to come on the show, but they read the book and she wrote us a little email. And it says, I thought the book was incredibly helpful in teaching me how to navigate modern dating. One of the chapters that really resonated with me, especially in regards to my most recent dating situation, was chapter five, how to get better at dating. The section never stop learning was really eye opening and made me realize that this was the first among many mistakes I was making with the guy I dated. I decided after one date that I liked him based on having a good time on the date, being fascinated by his job and our chemistry. And I focused on continuing to like him and trying to keep him interested in me rather than continuing to get to know him and assess if we were actually compatible long-term. Very interesting. I also really enjoyed the chapter on navigating hookup culture. It helped me realize that I need to be better at evaluating what my boundaries and expectations are when it comes to sex and communicating that early on. As I mentioned in my initial email, I struggle with communicating my expectations and needs in dating, and Nick's book provided great insight and advice of how I can be better at communicating those things in the future without being afraid of losing the person or scaring them off. After reading his book, I'm actually looking forward to going on dates again and applying what I've learned. I plan to go back and reference over and over as I'm navigating different dating situations. I would highly recommend this book to any of my friends as I think it could help people in any dating situation. I definitely plan to recommend it to one of my close friends who has had similar struggles as me in dating. She's been getting really discouraged with putting an effort towards someone only to feel like she's getting nothing in return or for it not to go anywhere. I think this book could help give her new perspective. I especially love when Nick says that we're searching for one person, not many, so it's going to require time and effort. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to pre-order. Don't text your ex happy birthday. Just go to vilefiles.com. That's V-I-A-L-L-F-I-L-E-S.com and pre-order now because if you don't pre-order now, then it won't be called a pre-order when you get it. It's a big week. Billy Eichner is with us. His new movie, Bros, is uh, coming out in theaters this week, this Friday. I'm a huge fan of Billy. We are excited to have him, uh, to get to know him a little bit more. We're just trying to give you the best show possible so that you can have the mental and emotional energy to go to vilefiles.com, pre-order my book, and then just enjoy some great podcasting for the rest of the week. We'll do our part. Now it's time to do yours. Do it. Do it. Do, do it. it. Do it now. Now. Like you want something bad to happen. Just go to Cindy says, or be alone. Yeah. Or be alone. I told her to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.